today our hearts are full because of his love and his grace. Today I want to talk a couple of minutes uh, about this Easter message. Because there are more and more books being uh, written, more and more tales being told. And unfortunately, since uh, too many people don't do their research, they don't understand the importance of history. They don't, um, they don't uh, regard the importance of written documentation. Anybody could come in and say something that sounds good. It might be ethereal in nature, emotional, maybe a vision that they saw, and we'll just automatically believe them. But the Easter message is full of documentation. And throughout history, people have written about uh, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today I want to touch on a couple of those points. I won't get too deep on it, but I'm, I, want, I would like to try to engage your mind so you would do a further research yourself. Because if somebody tells you something and there's no documentation, you could tell that person, well, you know, I choose not to believe you because uh, you have nothing to back it up. It could be a he said, he said, he said, she said, he said, circumstance said. But in reality, unless there's incontrovertible evidence, uh, we don't have to believe it. If you go to court and you say this person stole from me and you cannot prove to the judge that that person in fact stole, they'll, go walk, they'll, they'll walk free. Because the judge needs empirical evidence. He needs proof that uh, what is being attested to or what is being shared is in fact uh, uh, an infallible fact or truth. So let's, let's open the word of the Lord to John chapter 20. We'll read from verses 11 through 18. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. The word of the Lord reads as follows, the New King James Version. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked at the, into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And that's the first challenge. Some are saying today that that never really happened. Others are saying that, yes, they took the body away, but he wasn't really dead. So when you get challenges like that, you have to research the historical data, the historical documentation. And then you're able to better uh, say, you know, that has some validity or no. Right. It's impossible. What that person is saying just simply cannot be true. So we continue to read. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, meaning teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But I go to my brethren, or rather, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. So 
we thank God for his word. There you have one witness, one eyewitness. But according to the New Testament scriptures, and let's, let's preface by saying the New Testament scriptures isn't just a Bible. It was actually a series of documentations, written documentations from different people. And besides the scripture, there's also at least eight different type of writings, historical writings from that particular area that attest to the things that happened during the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, the scriptures, which is one of the, uh, the series of documentations, are uh, saying that Mary did see him alive, but also that 500 other people saw him alive. So it wasn't just her. The disciples saw him, but over 500 people, and many of those people wrote down documentation that was found later on. And even today, we have that documentation. Even some atheist um, historians are saying, you cannot uh, say that this is not true. It's incontrovertible. There's too much evidence from that era to state that Jesus did die on a cross. So we know for a fact, by historical data, that this actually happened. This is not just somebody's story. It's not something that one person said and made up. No, it is actual fact historical fact that Jesus died on the cross. And that's exciting because we know at least part of the, the story is true, right? Amen. Just yesterday, my wife and I, we were sitting down and watching a little TV. We actually got a couple of minutes to do so. And we were watching one of these history programs. And the, the, the people that go out and, 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 and dig, out, uh, dig out these old cities and ruins, they were trying to find if there was any documentation that there was somebody called Joseph. And they found it. And they found the signet ring. They found the impression on a lot of different things. And part of the impression said Yaakov. Yaakov is his father, Jacob. See, so again, you have to look at history to be able to tell that these things actually did happen. So a lot of people are trying to disprove the Bible. And the further they try to disprove, they end up. And Lee Strobel was one of them. Lee Strobel was one that was an atheist, and his wife came to Jesus. That drew him, drew him crazy. He said, you know, I'm going to have to divorce my wife because we're going to have too many issues. I don't believe in this God, and, and now she's going to be a Christian. What's that going to mean in our relationship? I'm going to be, I want to go out and drink, and she's not going to want to drink. And so he had a, a, a huge issue. So you know what he did? He went and started doing research. And he researched and researched manuscripts, documents, and, and he researched leaders, and he went to Yale, and he went to Harvard. After two years, he said, you know something? This story is not just a story. This is fact. And if Jesus really died and rose again, like the facts say, then I have to give my life to him because what's the, the opposite? The opposite is separated from God. He gave a gift and I have proved it. History has proven it. Even atheists are saying these parts are, you can't, we can't fight against that. It's a fact. And now he is one of the greatest proponents. He's one of the Pauls of this day. He's an apologist now. An apologist is not somebody that's, that apologizes. No, they're, they're ones that, that protect. Uh, they fight for. The, they'll argue to the end, but they'll show you fact. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And some of the things he said, uh, bless my heart. Because the first thing is that they confirmed that Jesus' tomb was empty. Now, that is to say that it presupposes that Jesus died and they put, him on, they put him inside that particular tomb. 
There's too much evidence to say what he suffered. Now, on Friday, we were here and we described some of his sufferings. But needless to say, history and also current science and medicine state that anybody that goes through that massive uh, amount of damage in the body cannot survive. And then at the end, it was documented by many people. Many people saw it when they spiked the spear through his side and it ruptured his heart and out came blood and water. And blood and a lot of water uh, was in the body because of the massive trauma that he experienced. So once that happened, it broke his heart. Uh, the, the blood just shot out and water came out. So the, he was dead. But somebody is saying today, or a couple of people are saying, no, he really wasn't dead. You know, when they went up and they put some drink on his mouth, you know, with a sponge, that was really a, a, a strong medicine that put him into a little coma. So he really wasn't dead. He just looked dead. And, and, and so they took his body and they hid his body. And later on, they fixed him up and pretty much, uh, you know, he reappeared. No. It takes more faith to believe that than to believe the Bible account. I praise God for documentation. Hallelujah. Although when I came to Jesus at age 15, God did something in me personal. So I can attest on a personal level that he is alive. But sometimes I can't prove to you what I have experienced. You understand my point? So sometimes you have to just discuss history so people could see, excuse me, there's a lot more validity to this. And if he be true, and if his words be true, and if the prophecies be true, then we have to listen to it. We have to take it seriously. Hallelujah. So we know that Jesus died and uh, there was a tomb uh, where they laid his body. Now, there's another issue. The other issue is that not only did the Jews say his body was there, but also the Romans attested that his body was there. When the Romans... Uh, Roman soldiers went back to the high priests and the leaders and said, listen, we can't find the body. Somebody stole the body or whatever. It's gone. What happened was the governors of those, not the governor, but the, the soldiers and the centurions said, listen, you know what you do? Here's some money. Tell them that somebody stole the body. And so to this day, that is, that is being said. It's being purported. But the bottom line is they themselves attest that there was a body to steal in the first place. You get it? So even the Romans knew there was a body in there because they freaked out when the body was gone. <laughs> and then the third thing is, why in the world, if this thing was fake, why would the disciples, if they stole, indeed stole his body, not to lose face, why would they be willing to be tortured, mistreated, die a martyr's death? It was a lie. I don't think so. Those men were so in love with Jesus. They so believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They so believed the Messiah. The words he had said that they were willing to die for Amen. it. Amen. I'm not willing to die for something that I know is a lie. Hello. Hallelujah. So then the other thing is like I said before. Jesus appeared to at least three groups. Three different large groups. Besides the accounts there are at least eight other ancient historic accounts that confirm that people saw Jesus alive after he was crucified and they could not have been hallucinations because hallucinations happen in the individual brain hallelujah I might be able to fool you of some concept 
but I cannot cause you to have a mass hallucination where everybody's seeing the same thing. That happens in individual brains. Was it the grief of the disciples that led them maybe to see it? No, because how can you explain Paul? Paul wasn't a disciple. Paul was an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was busy imprisoning them, torturing them, and in some cases even killing them. Why would Paul, the one that didn't believe in the gospel, suddenly after having a weird experience, which later on he confirms that he had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would he be willing to spend the rest of his life going through heartbreak, issues, problems, tribulation? He was stoned twice, shipwrecked, imprisoned. Why would he want to live all of that for a lie? When he wasn't a disciple in the first place. So people, there's a lot more to this story. Too many eyewitness accounts. Too many people that were willing to die. And then a lot of these writings were three and four months, six months, nine months after it actually happened. That is gold when you're talking about historic documents. Because they're close to the actual event. You have some of these, these events... Uh, uh, like uh, that guy, the, something the great, Alexander the Great. That was written hundreds of years after. Yet we believe it. But yet some of these accounts were written months after it actually happened. So it was still fresh in the mind of these people after it happened. Hallelujah. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. Now this is critically important because humans love to do what they please. And they hate to be responsible for their actions. Yet the God of all creation has loved us to the point where he gives us the way back to him. However, many times we just want to tell God what we want to do. We want him to know our terms. Hmm. The creation cannot tell the creator what to do. That is simply foolishness. That chair cannot tell me how I need to sit on that. I, chair, I sit down on that chair the way I feel like it. I'm the creator, that's the creation. But today the creation wants to tell God how this account is supposed to be. We're trying to prove, disprove, we're trying to do whatever we want to do. You know why? We don't want to be responsible to the gospel message. But I go beyond that. I say, my God, if this is real, then God made a way. And if he made a way, that means he truly loved me. If Jesus really died on the cross, then all his promises are yea and amen. That empowers the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in 1 Corinthians 6.14, it says, By His power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. Early on, uh, Jessica was preaching. She was preaching, man. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, might as well keep on. I mean, you're doing a better job than I do. Hallelujah. You know, when we understand that Jesus has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, that means He has the authority both now and forever. Even though my earthly body might waste away, it goes back to dust. But he promised me a new body. He promised me an immortal body. He promised that I would be with him. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if there be many mansions, it's that I'm preparing one for you. So say to your neighbor, there's a mansion for you. There's an abode for you. I don't know exactly how it's going to look like. I just know it's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. I just know it's eternal. I just know I'm an eternal, uh, uh, an eternal being living in a temporary existence right now here in this earth realm. All we're doing is we're playing practice right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Too many people have had experiences where they've 
broached, they've touched eternity just for a moment. And they have come back with some interesting information. But again, that's subjective many times. But you cannot say that Jesus did not come back from the dead. Because too many people were able to witness him. And it was no, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, lookalike. It wasn't a lookalike. It was Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God who is rich in mercy. Say with me, rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy because we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve his love. Who here deserves his love? On their own merits. We don't deserve his love on our own merits. But yet he's rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together. And he made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the age to come he might show exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus. So if that be true, I need to be in Jesus. Because in Jesus I'm seated in heavenly places next to him. I'm seated next to the king. When the king sits in his throne, there is peace. When the king sits in his throne, there is order. When the king sits in his throne, there is authority and there is influence. And my Bible tells me that when I came to Jesus, he took me and put me right by his side. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm no longer a pauper. I am a prince. You're no longer a pauper. You're a prince and a princess. You're seated in heavenly places. You are a man and woman of authority. You're seated next to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have believed. So, since you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Hallelujah. When I came to Jesus, He marked me. He stamped me. The devil knows that. The principalities know that. That's how come they try to fool you. That's, how, that's why they try to come with you with persuasive words of human reasoning to try to mess with your thinking. But the bottom line is, you're stamped. You belong. You, you are redeemed. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit knows you. You belong to Him. You are one of His own. You have His mark. You have His seal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And no man can take that away from you. No devil in hell can take that away from you. No situation. Paul said nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. I'm loved by the king. I'm loved by, you know, my children, I love them very much. And I stamped them. They're Nazarios through and through. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. They are. They're stamped. But even more than that, if you go down to their DNA, you, you could tell that I'm their daddy. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. I could say that. I could say that for the Nazario children. <laughs> Glory to God. Because they are stamped. They are marked. Hallelujah. In heavenly places, when, when the spirit realm, uh, I guess the way, wherever it might see, when it sees me, I'm identified. I'm identified as a child of God. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. It's a guarantee. Hallelujah. Amen. I go to a store and I say, I want to buy that layaway. I can't afford the whole thing now, but I'm going to put a promissory note. I sign a document and the document says that after I put the last payment in, I'm guaranteed to receive that particular thing. Not something else, but that one. They lay it away for me. It's waiting for me. 
In 10 months, I pay for the stuff. And what do they do? Take out that very thing I bought 10 months previous because I was guaranteed 10 months ago that I was going to receive that very piece of furniture. Amen. 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 When you came to Jesus, the Holy Spirit stamped you. Hallelujah. In the day of judgment, when people pass by, I don't know how it's exactly going to happen. When Jesus says, oh, that's one of mine. Why? Because I marked them that day that he came to faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why the Easter message is so awesome. He loved us so much. He made a way when there was no way. Hallelujah. He loved me when I wasn't lovable. He cared for me when nobody else wanted to care for me. He believed in me when nobody... Oh, hallelujah. He believed in me when nobody else believed in me. I'm a child of the King. Amen. And I'm marked. I'm secure. It's a guarantee. Amen. Say to your neighbor, it's a guarantee. I belong to Jesus. In John 14, it says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry. God says, don't worry. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go now to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will also come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Jesus is the way. He's the one that died on the cross. Nobody else died on the cross. Those movie stars didn't die on the cross. Those commentators didn't die on the cross. And now they're trying to preach that there are many ways. You can, come, you can get to heaven through a rock. You can get to heaven through a statue. There's many ways to God. Well, according to Scripture, that's not the way it is. But us as human, we are great at that. We love that. We love trying to tweak stuff for our convenience. Yes. And the reason why we want to say uh, there's a lot of ways, when you look at it at the bottom line, it's not that it's hard to come to Jesus. It's easy because He paid the price. Amen. Amen. It's hard now to live the life. And see, I want the blessing, but I don't want the responsibility. I want to live any way I want to. Don't tell me how I need to live. See, we get out of mama's house and papa's house. Now we want to live whichever way we want to. Well, I'm an adult now. And <laughs> you're making a mistake. Because now you're going to have to work for a boss. Amen, amen. That's right. You're going to get married and you're going to have to answer to your wife and your husband. Somebody say hello. <laughs> amen. Absolutely. <laughs> you always have to be accountable to somebody. Unless you want to be a hermit. And then if you're a hermit, you're living in Alaska somewhere, you got to be responsible to yourself or you die. Because you can't just show up with your check into the store and say, give me a pound of this and a pound of that. You better go kill yourself a, a, the fatted calf or something. I don't know. <laughs> you better go find something, some birds or something. Find some eggs or something like that. I don't know. So you always have to answer to somebody. But we just hate being responsible and accountable to anybody. And that's the problem with the gospel message. Jesus said, okay, you come to me now, start living like the king. Living like a prince of yes. the kingdom of God. Amen, amen. This is beneath you now. You used to live this way, you don't need that anymore. I don't need some booze to be happy now. That's right, that's right, that's right. I don't need a cigarette to de-stress now. No, I'm serious. Some of, some of the people I know, I got to have this, you know. Stress. I'm going, I'm looking. Amazing. No, no, listen. It, it, 
many people don't. And unfortunately, we get caught most of the time as teenagers because we want to be cool. So after a while, you're killing your lungs to the point you can't feel it anymore. And now you become addicted because nicotine is a form of medicinal addiction. And meanwhile, you're killing the little hairs in your, in your lungs. You're killing your lungs. You're inviting disaster. But we're doing it first because we want it to be cool and now because we're stuck. Because we're now addicted. It costs, well, you know, I mean, I don't need that anymore. As a child of the king, I have all that I need. I have the peace of God. I have the joy of the Lord. I have the power of God. You saw these people testifying. One was uh, uh, addicted previously. Another one didn't have joy. Another one didn't have purpose. But on and on, on and on, Almighty God will fulfill all of your true needs. Hallelujah. Say say to your neighbor, all I need is Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he is the way, the truth, and the life. John 3.16 said, And we all know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then it goes on to say, For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we're saying, oh, what are you saying? God is condemning me? No. On the contrary, he came because we were already condemned. We condemned ourselves. Any time in history, wherever people are involved, Wherever people are involved, invariably, you're going to see wars. You're going to see people trying to bully others. It starts early. It starts in school. How many children? I mean, I can't understand why we bully each other. It just feels good to many people. I was raised in the, in the 60s and the 70s in 108th Street, 109th Street, Columbus, Manhattan Avenue, 8th Avenue. And I remember those days. They were horrible for me. As a child, I hated school because I hated the bullies. They were terrible. Sometimes I'm just walking and they would just hit me. Bam! What was that for? You're in my way. Huh? One day I walked in a building and two gang members, they, they arrest me, literally arrest me. They put handcuffs on me and said, we don't like the fact that you're in our turf. So that's it for you, buddy. They took me up to the roof to throw me off the roof. Just because. Because what? I don't know. So just before I get to the roof, the, the president of the gang comes out of his apartment where we're passing by. He comes out and he looks, where are you taking that guy? Well, I'm going to throw this guy off the roof. And in those days, if you look at the Times and the Daily News, El Diario and all those things, around the Harlem area and on your name, a lot of young kids were ending up in, in the backyards dead. So I was living with constant fear. And they were taking me up there. And that's it, man. I left my heart in the second floor somewhere. <laughs> by the time the sixth floor came, I, 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 was, <laughs> I, mean, I was out of it. I was, I was, I mean, I was scared. And he looks at him and he says, and he sees me. I had done a favor for that guy before. Whenever a president of a gang asks you for a favor, just as long as it's not illegal or something like that, just do it, okay? Do it with a smile. Is there anything else you need? You all right? You sure? Want a soda with that? (laughs) You do whatever they want, you know, just as long as it's legal. So I had done him a favor and he saw me. No, he's all right. You can let him go. Just as simple as that. They took the handcuffs off. Let me go. But why did they do that in the first place? Why did they want to scare me half to death? All my hair fell off. I had to grow it right back again. <laughs> I had to go back down to the second floor and pick up my heart and put it back up. That was the scariest moment of my life. So we hate that. But humans do that to each other. 
always hurting each other. So God already saw that we have that penchant, that, that tendency of doing evil to each other, hurting each other. You, you look throughout, uh, you, you look at the news today and all, all the, the misery and the sadness and despair that's happening. For the most part, it's either an evil government or radical group or whatever it might be. It's usually not natural. Now, we know in, in Japan, uh, there's a natural disaster. But for the most part, most of the time, it's human misery because there's an organization, a group that is perpetrating against their own people or uh, against another nation. My God. But he loved us so much that he gave so that we would not have to perish. He loves us. I don't understand that level of love. The closest I can understand it is how I love my children. I guess that's as close as I can get. But when Jesus said, listen, let me teach you how to pray. When you pray, pray this way. Say, our Father. Notice he was saying to us that Almighty God loves us like a father. Amen. Wow. If you cast that revelation, your life will change. Amen. 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 And then the last verse I have for you is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. When somebody becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And verse 18, all these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through Christ or through what Christ Jesus did. That's in the Living Bible. When somebody becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person on the inside. That's what changes first. It's the inside. I looked, this, I looked the same way when I first came to the Lord. I didn't understand everything about it. But let me tell you, when I started, a, first and foremost, God did a work in my heart, in my soul. But then I started accepting the word of the Lord, accepting the kingdom of God living. And I started letting go of things little by little. And I started understanding, oh, it's not like I thought. I thought that you got to just become a member of church. You have to stop doing that and stop doing that and stop doing that. Listen, you can't stop doing things. So my recommendation is just come to Jesus, ask him to help you. It's a process. You're growing in the Lord. When, when my children first were born, I didn't tell them, come on, let's go skip together. All my children were able to do is look at me, smile and burp, and do this. That's all they were able to do. And see, that was fine at that time. But as an adult, if you sit there and do all like that, I say, something's wrong with you. Because I expect you to mature. So after about a year, you know, they're, they're either walking and falling. And, you know, if, if, you know one year old, you're, you're doing this and you fall and you get back up and you fall. We go, yay. But if you're 35... And you're going, yeah. I'm saying, whatever it is, you had too much of it. <laughs> right? Exactly right. So what happens is, is, you know, you mature. The same thing in Christ. When we come to Christ, immediately he stamps you for the day of redemption. Immediately he marks you. You belong to him. But now he sees you as a child. You're growing in the Lord. And then he places you in a house, in a family. And that's the local church. And you start receiving the milk of the Word of God. It even says it that way. Receive the milk of the Word of God. That's children. Amen. So little by little, you start ingesting the Word of the Lord. So uh, Sister Jessica was sharing that also. How, you know, Sunday school. She said, let me put a plug for that. Absolutely. I mean, some of the stuff you were preaching, that's college-level stuff. Is that what they're teaching in Sunday school here? Oh, okay. All right. No, I understand that. Absolutely. But that's excellent to hear you talking like that. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating that just about now. Because you ask some Christians, you know, about the word. They go, well, I just know I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, how do you know that? Well, I don't know. Well, what, what, the verse, what verse confirms that? I really don't know. I just know it's in there. We got to get over that and start growing. Especially if you've been in the Lord 10, 20 years. 
It's time you, you know, you're jogging and running in the kingdom of God. So, you know, I appreciate the family of God. I appreciate that. But God loved us so much. He calls us Father. So the Easter message for me is always refreshing, invigorating, exciting. Uh, my, my faith is stirred up. My vision is, is clarified. And, and I remember how much He loves me. It's precious. So say to your neighbor, I'm excited when Easter comes around. I'm excited when Easter comes around. Because I remember I'm a child of God. I've been purchased, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Friday we spoke about the blood as it covers you. The death angel comes. Uh, the destroyer comes. Can't touch you because the blood is all over you. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you appreciate what he did for us on the cross of Christ? Hallelujah. Each and every day. Each and every day. So I'm a new creation. I'm not who I was before. And you know, people just look at you on the outside. So I know you. I remember you a couple, couple of years ago from, from the hood. I remember you a couple of years ago from that party, from, from that community. I remember you. You, you were this and you were that. Uh, I said, yeah, but I'm not that anymore. I've changed. Amen. See, these are great moments for you to share your faith, to let them know what God has done in your life. Amen. So in conclusion, the message of Easter is the message that God loves us. He has made provision for you and for me. And now he gives us the privilege to share this hope with others. Are you sharing the gospel message? Are you letting the gospel message change you? Amen. 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 Are you submitting to that process? Are you aware that you are born again? Are you aware that you belong to the king now? You're, You're marked. You're sealed for the day of redemption. 